Welcome to the Latin Wealth Podcast, hosted by two entrepreneurs, Chris Beoso and Armando Pantoja. Tune in to learn more about entrepreneurship, investing, and business. All right, what's going on, Latin Wealth family? Welcome to another episode to the Latin Wealth Podcast. I'm super excited for today's episode because we got Armando back on the show. Armando, how have you been? Uh, what's new with you? Uh, what, what's good? I missed the last episode. I'm sorry <laughs> about that. I was, uh, I think, I, where was I at? I was in, uh, I think I was in Miami. Mm -hmm. I, 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 I get lost a lot of times. I forget where I was at, but uh, I'm glad to be back. And I appreciate you and Dean filling in for me. Mm -hmm. uh, and let's go, man. I'm excited. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So we got a couple of things we'd love to talk about today, but before we get into it, this is just a reminder, we drop a new episode every single Friday. And if you guys can leave us a rating and review on the podcast, that would help with the growth of the podcast. And we would really appreciate it. So um, two episodes ago, when we had Armando on, we spoke about helium mining and what it is, um, kind of how to uh, set it up and whatnot, and kind of diving into the basics of it. So what we wanted to do today is get an update from Armando on how that's going and um, the ins and outs of, of helium mining. Because again, this could be a huge opportunity for people um, out there. And if I'm not mistaken, you posted that um, some of the devices, they were sold out or something like that. Yeah, they're not available. Out, uh, so, so talk to us about that. So the only reason I got devices is because I know some guys, I actually met some guys in uh, at the Bitcoin conference that I was mm -hmm. at uh, last month. And they run a big mining operation, Bitcoin, helium, everything. So I reached out to them and said, hey, man, I need some uh, miners. They said, well, we got hundreds of them. You know, we'll, we'll sell them to you at, as a little bit higher than what we bought them for. We bought them for 600. We'll give them to you for eight, 900. So they're all right. So I ended up buying a, a lot of them, right? Because I was always thinking, well, I could sell them if I, you know, do, if I don't use them. But I can, if I can use them, they'd be better off. Now, so I finally got them in and I set the first two up since we talked last. Uh, so I learned something else, too. I learned mm -hmm. a lot of things about helium. over mm -hmm. Now, for those of you who don't know, if you're new to this episode, Helium is a is basically at a high level. Now I know people are gonna say that's not all it is, whatever. But I'm saying at a high level so people understand it. Mm -hmm. So at a high level, what a helium miner is, you plug it into your wall, right? Just like a mm -hmm. network, like a regular router or a regular Wi-Fi router, right? You plug it into your wall. It comes with a little antenna. You put it out somewhere, and now people that pass by your place in a, in the range that it catches that antenna, that they pay you for using your Wi-Fi. Now it's not like I'm opening up a page, putting my credit card details. It's not like that. It's in the back end, right? Mm -hmm. So people that are walking by don't even know that they're using it because they have like, it's already built into some uh, like Cricket, you know, some places like Verizon. It's already built into their back end services. So if you got Verizon, you walk by this place and maybe your signal's low over here. You catch that signal for like, you know, the time period mm -hmm. you're walking by, maybe you're across the street, you know, on the internet. So you, from your mindset, you think you're still using Verizon, right? Mm -hmm. But the Verizon is paying helium and the helium is paying you for mm -hmm. your usage of that spot, right? So, uh, and then you create helium, which is HNT, which is the token. Mm -hmm. uh, and then you make, and you, once you set it up, you don't have to do anything. You, have, you may have to like power cycle it every once in a while if it gets, because it's a new technology, it's a little bit clunky. You may mm -hmm. have to like unplug it, plug it back in every few days just to make sure it's still running. But that's really the only, only maintenance you have mm -hmm. to do uh, if, if everything goes uh, ideally, right? So I, I ended up installing two, right? So I learned a bunch of things. The first thing I learned is that it, uh, uh, the big antennas make a lot more money than small antennas. 
Because mm. a three little, what's called three, it's a three DBI antenna, antenna that comes with it, right? Mm -hmm. So, uh, so I got a ten DBI antenna, and I put it, I put it on the, I couldn't get to the roof because it's a warehouse. One of my uh, offices in a warehouse, so I tried to put it on the roof, but the roof was too high, so the ladder only went so far. So I put it on the mm -hmm. side of the roof. Well, somebody wrote me on Instagram. He was a telecommunications engineer, engineer, and he said, "Nah, man, you can't do that because." That you got the antenna, you got a, a metal wall behind it. The signal goes out in a circle. Half of the uh, signal is being blocked uh, by that. So you got to put it on the roof. So that's my next step is to put it on the roof. But when I when I upgraded from the three dBi antenna, which is small, to a big ten dBi antenna, I almost doubled the amount of money I was making. And wow. I I put the antenna outside instead of the little antenna was inside. Moved into the outside. So I'm making right now on that one, ten dollars a day right now. Mm. So I pay, remember I paid eight hundred for the device, uh, ten dollars a day. So that's a, that's about roughly 280, 290 a month, you know, on average. And that means in two months, though, in two and a half months, the device is paid off. Everything else is prior. Mm -hmm. So if you look wow. at that from a percentage gain, like that's a lot. But when you people say, well, that can't last forever. Yeah, the profits will come down over time. You got more competition. But right now, as a, the market's not, you know, 100% uh, saturated yet. So there's mm -hmm. opportunities now. So I was curious, have you, this may be something minor, but did you see like an increase of your like electricity bill or something like that since that thing is constantly running or is it really? That's a, a constant question, right? Because people mm -hmm. associate the word mining with electricity bills because of Bitcoin right. mining, Ethereum mining, proof of work. That's what it's called, proof of work. Proof of work means that you put a computer in your house that what it does is it works all day to validate the Bitcoin network, the blockchain and so on. Mm -hmm. So it's doing all that work. That's why the electricity bills run up because it's proof of work. Now, the, uh, helium runs on what's called proof of co coverage, mm. right? So it's, it's no electricity in that. The, it's the same electricity. It's roughly about five to $10 a year. And, uh, and, and even the plug is an adapter that you, the same kind of adapter you, you would use for your uh, regular uh, Wi-Fi router. So it's not mm -hmm. even that much electricity going to it. It's, mm. it's, it's not proof of work. Proof of work uses a lot of electricity. It's proof of coverage, which doesn't use a lot of electricity at all. So how, I mean, thinking maybe like five, ten, 10 years down the line, how does this new technology affect uh, maybe our regular internet uh, services like Spectrum or something like that or Verizon? Do you think this is something that could replace it? Uh, like what is it competition what do you think is the outcome of, of something like this? Like you said, people are starting to get more into this space. Um, are they going to stop using, like I said, the regular internet services? What do you think? Yeah, so that's what decentralization and mm -hmm. Web3 is bringing us. Right. Decentralization of all the things that we, we, we do every day that's owned by corporations. Right? That's what that's doing is, is, is bringing it down to the regular people. So eventually... With a network like Helium, if everything works okay and everything is, you know, the plan works out like they want to, uh, I think that there eventually will be a cell phone service. So what they're doing now is they're incentivizing people to create hotspots. Now, all those hotspots are interconnected. So they are, it's like a mesh network. So it creates an entire area of coverage. So once enough people get these miners in their house, whatever, and they're making money or whatever, it's going to be complete coverage all over the United States. And once that happens, they can literally have a cell phone service. They can sell cell phone service because you have better coverage than let's say Verizon or whatever. It's a better network because if one person's, it's, it's, a, it's smaller units, right? With a smaller areas of coverage, but there's so many of them that if one goes down, you're going to get the other one. It's actually a, like, like I said, Verizon towers go down or if like, you know, sometime like it, it happened during the pandemic sometime. 
is that there's nobody to work on it. Sometimes the it's internet service went, I mean, the cell phone yeah. service went away for 30 minutes or so because those mm -hmm. towers that were in your area went down because there's one big tower that serves many people. But mm -hmm. with the Helium network, there's a lot of small towers, basically, that serves a little bit of people. So if one goes down, you're probably in the range of another one. So you pick that up and move forward. So that's uh, it's actually a stronger network. It's uh, owned by the people, really. And uh, it's going to be cheaper and more efficient for all of us. Mm. Interesting, interesting. Um, and so for the people out there that are interested um, in this device, I know you've mentioned that they're sold out. Where can people go get them? Is it like a sign-up list? Maybe they are waiting list they can sign up on and they can get updated when they restock? Uh, let us know about that. Yeah, so there's two approaches for that, right? Is that mm. you can buy one uh, on a wait list. It's 600. Mm. You can get it for 600, but you got to wait mm. six months. Yeah. Know what I said? You can make between, let's right. say, right now, if you don't optimize everything, if you're not, not a validator, you can make between 150 and like 300. So you can make, wait six months waiting for that. So that means... Or you could just pay twice as much today and just get one in the next week. Mm -hmm. yeah. So a lot of people are choosing the option to wait. Like I'd rather save $600 now and I'll wait six months to get my minor. Now, during that time, you could have made the money back mm -hmm. and you would have learned more. The learning curve right. would have been gone, right? So six months, let's, let's take a look at the situation. Six months from now, if I buy, I pay $1,213. Well, now I'm paying more than twice the value, but it's six months from now, I'm in a position where I'm already got the miner set up. I already understand how it works. I can do another one or another one if I want to. And I'm already making profit, right? Mm -hmm. From day one, because I've already paid off, you know, six months, I've already kind of almost paid off the whole miner. Now I say be like eight, eight months, I paid off the miner. So if I wait six months and get the miner for 600, but I have to wait six months, I, at the six month point from today, I start making money. So with the first option, I would actually be ahead in education, learning, mm -hmm. and money if I just got mm -hmm. it today. So a lot of people think what, uh, that's what I said, they're thinking where people see price first and they see value, they don't see value. Yep. Right? You gotta, you, it, you have to see value is what's important, right? Price mm -hmm. is being cheap. Value, like look at a situation, don't look at the price, think about how, you know, what would these options, uh, you know, how would they benefit me? Well, I can wait and I really don't know when I'm gonna get it. Cause some people say they've been waiting eight, nine months. Or I could Crazy. buy it and have it next week and start learning about it, start putting it together, start making money today. The second option is better. Mm -hmm. And you can get those Absolutely. from eBay, Amazon. They're just going to, you're going to pay twice as much, but you can get, they're all over the place for twice as much. People are having trouble because they're trying to get that $600 one and they're willing to wait. That's why that, that's the trouble. And, and the crazy part is, like you said, who knows if you'll get it in six months, eight months. And by time yeah. then, people might be reselling it for a triple the amount, right? So yeah. um, that's something that you that you see a lot. So that's, that's really interesting. Um, you know, speaking about transitioning a little bit, speaking about crypto, uh, did you by any chance check out the uh, Super Bowl, the game? Uh, no, I didn't watch much of the Super Bowl. I watched the first quarter. Okay, so... There was, you know, they, they always have these extravagant uh, commercials and whatnot. So there was a commercial, I don't know if you heard about it, where it was a blank screen and it was a QR code that was, did you hear about that? Yeah, I heard about it. I didn't see it. It, it was like bouncing around the screen for like literally 45 seconds. And so like me immediately, I'm like, I pulled out my phone and I scanned it. And it was literally just a QR code on the screen, bouncing around everywhere for 45 seconds. I scanned it. Uh, and of course, it took me to Coinbase. And basically what Coinbase was doing is they're doing a giveaway for like, hey, if you sign up, you'll get 15 bucks. If you already signed up, you can get entered in to win 
a million dollars in crypto or, or something like that. But but that's besides the fact. But I thought it was super interesting that um, first of all, I thought it was a, a phenomenal idea for Coinbase yeah. to do that because when you scan when I scanned it, uh, the server was down. It wouldn't let me get in. It took me a while for me to get in the app. So you can only imagine the amount of traffic they were getting. So uh, in addition, there was other uh, crypto uh, commercials. It, it just it was just crazy for me to sit back and see like, wow, we're really getting these commercials um, all the time about crypto and whatnot. And one of them was with LeBron James. Uh, and that kind of led me to to read what you posted the other day about Wells Fargo saying that we officially entered the hyper adaption adoption phase uh, with, with crypto. And um I would love for you to, to talk about that and your thoughts about that and kind of break down the different phases of crypto. All right. So, um, so let me, uh, so like, let's go over the internet, right? So, so what I want to do is I want to talk about the internet adoption chart, right? Cause we've already seen this before, right? Mm -hmm. We already seen something like this before and with the internet and the thing about, uh, a lot of these things is that, uh, it's the same cycle over and over and over again. It's the financial cycle of it. And it's also the, what they call adoption and also the mindset of people. Mm -hmm. And this is what's so important. This is, I'm actually gonna put a post up about it later is that people, the same cycle happens over and over and over. And then we, a lot of people complain about the gap between the rich and the poor getting water, but this is, some of it's wealth inequality. So, you know, some of the stuff is social mm -hmm. issues, but some of it is because the rich people have trained themselves to, to think more rationally and less emotionally than the other people. And that, that's why, that's one of the biggest reasons people get ahead, right? So every cycle, especially tech cycle starts like this. It happened with television, happened with cell, cellular phones, it happened with the internet, and now it's happening with, uh, you know, with, uh, with the metaverse and uh, metaverse, all of this yeah. stuff and Bitcoin and crypto in general. It happened with crypto too. It's, it's kind of getting, crypto's a little farther ahead than the metaverse. But it starts like this. First, it comes out, right? The average person said it's stupid and it never work, it's silly. I don't, nobody's ever gonna use that. And then this is what, this is the financial part of it, right? There's another, it's adoption cycle too, but this is the financial part. That's the accumulation phase, right? It's four phases to a market cycle, financial market cycle. Accumulation phase happens, right? And the an accumulation phase, the average person says it's stupid, it's not gonna work out. Come on, man, I'll never do that. But you'll hear signs, you, you'll see signs. You'll hear like JP Morgan invest in this, or mm -hmm. you'll hear somebody else big getting into it, or maybe this bank's into it, or maybe this big entrepreneur is doing it. And then the average person will be thinking like, that's stupid. Why are they, they're going to lose all their money. It's no, come on, man. It's, that, they'll, they'll, because they're so closed-minded mm -hmm. and they have an emotional, uh, emotional like trigger to block change. That's what causes them to think like that. Then further down the line, it gets into markup phase. So the four cycles are adoption, I mean, accumulation, markup, distribution and markdown gets mm -hmm. down to markup phase right then all of a sudden like with the internet boom the stocks start going crazy right mm -hmm. and then people are like shock come on man that's not going to work it's all a gimmick it's a scam the average person's still not into it right so then we get to the third phase which is distribution distribution is the phase that most people get into and that's why they lose their money so all mm -hmm. those people that thought it was silly all those people that thought it was stupid I've waited all the way through the first two phases when the most money is being made. And they get into the third phase, which is distribution, in which that's, it's almost the peak of the market. It's yeah, I, I, for you. 
not, not to cut you off. I was going to say, if you look at the graph, the distribution, it's literally the peak. If you, it's like the, the top, it's about it's to come top. down. Yeah. It's going to come down next. Right. So all these people get into it at distribution. It's all is at distribution. More people control have more people have, uh, have that asset than anybody else. Like in markup and accumulation markdown, big banks, wealthy people wish to just have whales. They have a big mm -hmm. stake. And then that big stake gets distributed out to the people. Because all these small people start getting into it, but you're already too late, mm -hmm. right? Because the next phase is markdown, right? That's when the, the people that got in that phase, during markup distribution, all the rich people got out. You see, because mm -hmm. they're waiting for, they know it's going to drop next. It's the same cycle every time. So all the people that got into it did not, did, did, you know, did, did think emotionally, they're into it. It drops down, they panic and sell it. Now the rich man was sitting on the sidelines waiting for this opportunity. Pan goes down, he buys it up cheaply. The whole cycle starts up again. Yeah, and it's all yeah. because of emotional thinking and you're afraid of change. No, that's crazy because I was reading this morning, Warren Buffett, it says that Warren Buffett has dumped over $3 billion in the stocks of Visa and MasterCard. And he invested over $1 billion in a Bitcoin friendly bank called exactly. New Bank um, in Brazil. So uh, there you go right there. It speaks to exactly what you were saying. You see these people doing this banks and other and the people, it's people that steal after all this stuff we've been to 10 years of Bitcoin, 10 years of innovation, 10 years of big banks, and I've taken you're taking parts of it. It's a lot of people that still say it's a scam. Mm -hmm. So oh man, it's yeah. gonna fall, whatever. They, these people will wait, wait, wait until the absolute end when Bitcoin's at like a million, and which <laughs> is not going, it's not moving no more. It's going up two, three yeah. percent a year, and then they jump into it, hoping it can hoping they find it's too late now. You miss mm -hmm. your chance. And then people who didn't get on the big, it's always opportunities. Every, always something. It's always an industry that's in one of these four phases, right? So right now the metaverse is in accumulation phase. You, like yesterday, mm -hmm. JP Morgan built, uh, is, did something. Somebody else invested a bunch of money. The meta, the, uh, Facebook just doubled down on their goal to create Disney, a metaverse on Tuesday. When they I think Disney's, Disney's Disney did something, something yeah, right? Yeah. So all of these big corporations are putting a lot, billions of dollars into this. But me, uh, you know, I'm saying that it's silly and it's stupid. Like mm -hmm. the regular people, oh, it's stupid. You think you, they got analysts. They have people that work for them. They got some of the smartest people in the world telling them about this. Now, why would you, why would a regular person think that they, they know more than them? Like, that's what I don't understand. That's why so many people miss out on these opportunities, man. Unbelievable. Um, are you familiar with that that uh, Bitcoin friendly bank, New Bank in Brazil? I haven't heard of that, but uh, I'm gonna look into it now that you told me. I didn't know that that even happened. I'm yeah, that was it. Yeah, it's the uh, largest fintech fintech bank in Brazil. I'm not too familiar with it either. I, I want to look, look more into that. it as well. But it's interesting that he um, he invested in a Bitcoin friendly bank in a different country. I and you know, the, Warren Buffett was, that's, that's the thing about people like him is that I, I give him his credit because he was against crypto at first. He was, yeah. He said it was a scam. Yeah. But he was quickly able to, you know, like me, approach everything with skepticism. And then, and once somebody, once you, you're just, once these things happen, you got, you quickly change your mind, having a fluid mind. Mm -hmm. But the average person, once they come to a decision, they will not change no matter what. Mm -hmm. they'll be like bitcoin is a scam most people will never change they'll think that all the way to the end of the distribution phase and they'll panic and get into it and lose all their money then they'll think it really was a scam because i lost all my money mm -hmm. so that but see what i'm saying i like the i like the way i like warren buffett because he think he has a fluid mind mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Like he changed yeah. it. Like he he thought it was a scam at first, but when new information, new data came in, he changed how he thought about it. And he, you know, and he uh and he he changed his mind and he now he's gonna make a lot of money. Yeah, before we hit re- record on this episode, Armando and I were talking about uh, you know, being more skeptical when jumping into business, just like what you're saying right now, because you gotta look at the risks. You got to you take a deep dive on like what could possibly happen and whatnot. So you got to be a little bit more skeptical. And like Armando says that when he jumps into new businesses, he he needs to know as much as possible about it. Uh, we just mentioned Warren Buffett. In the beginning, he was not for Bitcoin and crypto at all. And now he's making a, a $1 billion investment. So like you said, he has a fluid mind and he thinks for himself. And obviously, obviously this man uh, is, is always educating himself uh about you know what's to come and whatnot exactly and like i said is that it's not about being pessimistic people get that confused it's it's being uh skeptic being skeptical Mm -hmm. that's not that's actually smart that's not pessimism you can be an optimistic person and still be skeptical right Right. because uh but but then once because because a pessimist wouldn't change their mind at all they would always think uh, a person is skeptical would approach the situation that maybe this part maybe this situation is bad so I got to protect myself. And then once the, the th- events happen or things happen that, that shows you that this person or a project, whatever, or, or stock or investment is good, then you say, all right, well, I'm changing my mind and I'm going to go forward and be optimistic about it, right? That's mm-hmm. the difference in being pessimistic. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, transitioning into our, our last topic of today's episode real quick, you know, when I had Dean, when Dean was on the podcast last week, we kind of spoke about lightly should other latin american countries follow what el salvador is doing you know making bitcoin a legal tender um i asked him he said you know in his perspective he doesn't see a huge problem with it you know as as long as it's advancing the economy and whatnot um and I, i i my opinion on that was like i think a lot of countries are kind of sitting back and waiting on uh what El Salvador is going to do, what's going to be the results of all this and whatnot. So I'm curious to know your perspective and your opinion. And before we jump into that, uh, I was reading an article about like how all of it works in El Salvador. So essentially, if you guys are not familiar, uh, you could go to an ATM machine in El Salvador and you can withdraw either money or Bitcoin. Um, you got to have their app that they specifically created for it. So you go up to the machine, you pick, I want to withdraw whatever amount of Bitcoin. The machine uh, scans your app. Once it scans your app, the Bitcoin's in your app. And now you can now use that Bitcoin in any other place that accepts it. Now, I was reading that there's many different people that still don't accept uh, Bitcoin at their shops and whatnot in El Salvador, but there are a large amount of people that do. There's like a little a beach town over there. I think it's called, I think it's literally called like Bitcoin Beach or something like that, where everybody just accepts it. If you want to buy flip-flops, slim chunks, food, you can just scan, uh, they can scan your app and you can pay like that. So just wanted uh, people to be familiar with like how that even works. Yeah, that sounds good. That sounds like a good idea, man. Uh, But like your original question is, do we Mm -hmm. think Latin American countries should adopt Bitcoin as a payment system, right? Is that, Mm -hmm. the thing about Bitcoin is that the way it's structured, the economics and everything behind it, it actually favors people who jump on it faster. Mm-hmm. The faster you are accepted, the better off you'll be, right? True. Because, uh, you know, that, that's the thing about Bitcoin is that that's why I'm 
afraid that if the U.S. continues to block it, regulate stuff, we're going to be left behind. Uh, because, I mean, Bitcoin's not going where crypto's not going where. So whoever adopts it first is going to be better off. So a lot of African countries are, do, are, are into it. A lot of, uh, you know, I think El Salvador is the only Latin American country. Yeah. But I think all Latin American countries at least look into it, you know, uh, and just see, you know, I'm, you know, and see how it helps them, you know, how it, uh, how it can, maybe can benefit them or help them. Right? Mm -hmm. But right now it's like, it's kind of risky because it is. the price is too, to be honest, it, it's, the price is too volatile. It goes up and down. You know, people, you get paid in Bitcoin today, you lose 30% tomorrow. You know, it's kind of hard for people to live like that. But the thing about it is that if they get through this struggle over mm -hmm. the next five years, when Bitcoin price, I think eventually the price will stabilize. Eventually mm -hmm. it will. When yeah. it, hyper adoption comes, like we talked about that earlier, uh, the price goes way up real fast because now everybody in the world is using it. And once it gets like, saturated in the world the price is nowhere how's the price going to go up anymore other than like just two three percent a year so it's yeah. max it's at max this hyper adoption it's at the max max saturation so it could be a million dollars it could be five million i don't know but whatever that price is it, it that's it right so if el salvador started when it was 30 40 000 and they, they built up their reserves they built up this stuff they're going to be one of the richest countries in the world mm. right but they they had to the, in order to pay for that they had to go through the early struggles uh, of uh, the volatility, you know, the hard, you know, people having trouble, people understanding. Right. You get rewarded for that, you know, getting on something early, being an early adopter, you get rewarded for that in the, in later on. Like when I first got into Bitcoin, it was no Coinbase. Mm -hmm. I think I told you the story is that I used to go down to the dog track here in uh, St. Pete and it was a poker table there. It's a bunch of poker tables. First Bitcoins I ever bought, it was a dude I had to call. He would say, hey, man, come down to the poker uh, poker place. And I'd go over there. He'd be playing poker. Between hands, he'd get up, and he would sit, sit buy and sell Bitcoin from me, mm. 7%. How, how does that work? Like, how do you receive it if you didn't have Coinbase? Was it, like, email? Uh, or you had, that's the thing about it. There was still, it was wallets out there. You had, like, Bitcoin, people don't understand this, but they think, they think Coinbase stuff. All a Bitcoin wallet is is two lines of encrypted text. That's right. it. That's all it is. Mm -hmm. So you can store that two the two lines on your phone in a text a text document, and that's mm -hmm. that's a wallet. So you you have a private key and a public key. So you tell the dude, hey man, send this to my private public key. Then he send it to you, and you check the blockchain, and it's there, and that's it. So you mm -hmm. really you didn't need a bag. You didn't you don't need a wallet. That's your wallet. But what Coinbase does, it takes those two lines of text, encrypts it, and, and stores it for you, and makes sure that you know nobody can steal it, and and build a beautiful interface on top of it. So it's easier to use, but the underlying all Bitcoin, or Bitcoin or any other crypto wallet is, is two lines of text, public key, which is a bunch of encrypted text, MD5 hash and, uh, and, a, uh, and a private key. Mm -hmm. That's all it is, right? You, for to, a public key is when you want deposits, private key, make withdrawals. Mm. So you don't give anybody a private key. So I'm curious, I think this will be the last question that I have. Um, Speaking about the, the the phases of crypto and whatnot, what phase do you think we're in right now? Distribution? Do, where do Bitcoin you think goes through cycles. So I think yeah. we're, uh, I really don't know. I think we're somewhere in distribution or maybe at the end of markup for this. Mm -hmm. So, uh, but then the thing about crypto is that even if we go through the whole cycle, it just starts over. Mm -hmm. So, because there's the next halving is in 2024 when they cut the supply of Bitcoin and come to market by half. It's in, I think, March of 24. And we're in 22 now, so we got two years for that to happen, uh, and that, that that normally triggers another cycle. Oh yeah, it's gonna. I'm, I can only imagine that's gonna trigger uh, for the price to shoot up. Yeah, yeah. 
So we'll see. All right. Well, um, did you have anything else for the audience out there? We spoke about helium mining. We spoke about hyper adoption phase. And we also touched on, um, you know, should other Latin American countries follow what El Salvador is doing? Did you have anything else that you want to talk about for the audience? Yeah, I don't have anything, man. Cool, cool. Yeah. So you guys out there, uh, stay tuned to the Latin Wealth platform and podcast and whatnot. We have some big things that, you know, Armando and I were talking about before we hit record that are coming up this year. And we definitely want to keep you guys involved and continue to build this community. With that being said, share this episode with one other person that needs to hear this podcast. And on that note, the Latin Wealth family is signing off. Peace. <laughs>